Praise the Lord. Welcome into another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's open up in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for all your wonderful gifts and blessings, dear God, that you've given us. Lord, for every breath I take and every time my heart beats and every step I took, Lord, I thank you. And God, I thank you, Lord, for being able to come go out by way of internet and podcast, God, and and to teach upon your word, dear God, and, and hopefully to help someone in some way, dear God, to lift them up or answer questions that they have or help them get just a little bit closer to you. Or God, maybe even give their heart and life to you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just use me, God, that you would just take me and bless me and use me and speak through me, dear God, the words that you would have us to hear. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for everything. In Jesus' marvelous name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're in numbers again. Uh, Last time we talked... Uh, the children of Israel got right up to the door of the promised land and uh, sent 12 spies over to spy the place out. And they came back all with a good report uh, about the land and its uh, fruitfulness and, and everything like that. Uh, two of them give a, a good report on going in and, and taking the land. They said that they needed to go now to go in and possess the land that the Lord had promised them. And the 10 others, they, they started talking negative. And uh, when they started talking negative, uh, you know, everybody else fell right in line with them. And, you know, that's the way, that's the way we Christians are sometimes. We, we, we are all right in our thoughts and everything. And then somebody, uh, four or five or six people comes up with a better ideal or a different ideal. And, and a lot of times we want to fall right in line with them. But, you know, Caleb and uh, Joshua, they going to stand their ground. Uh, they said they need to go in and possess the land now. And uh, they wouldn't do it. And they murmured. So God told the people that they would wander in the wilderness for 40 years. The 12 men were over in the, the promised land. They were over there 12 or 40 days spying out the land. So the Lord told them, said, you're going to spend one year for every day that these men spent in the spying out the promised land. So they're going to wander around 40 years in the wilderness. And he said, all of you uh, from 20 years old and upward, uh, you're going to die in the, in the wilderness. You And uh, you're not going to make it over into the promised land. You know, and, and, and a lot of times we, as children of God, we get right up to the point of where that we are to possess that promise that God has given us, to, to possess something that the Lord has really given us and blessed us with and has it in store for us. And all we have to do is go in and possess it. And a lot of times we let doubt or something somebody else says uh, influence us, and we end up not not getting it. Uh, we end up basically walking away from it. Is what we basically do. We we uh, start doubting. We we're listening to other people instead of the Lord in our in our hearts, 
and we end up getting cheated out of a great blessing just because that we listen to other people. And, you know, I, I, I try to listen to the Lord and um, base my judgment of things from what he tells me and, and uh, what I feel when I talk to the Lord. And Joshua and Caleb, they knew that the Lord had given them this land. They had been taught this uh, ever since they come out of Egypt, that they, uh, the Lord had given them this land. And they, 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 Joshua and Caleb knew that all they had to do was go in and possess it. The Lord had done promised them that the, when you went in there, all the, the uh, people that are in the land, they, they will actually run from you. Uh, he has given them to the children of Israel. They are, they will go in, they will defeat them. They will take over the land and they, they don't want to do that because somebody said something about, uh, the people were very strong and the, and the cities were all walled up and they were giants in the land and, uh, you know, well, you know, you've got to work every day of your life to get money and pay your bills and, uh, you can't quit your job and go, uh, do this for the Lord. You've got to have a job to pay your bills. You got to have a job. So you got insurance. No, we need to do exactly what the Lord tells us to do. And don't worry about what everybody else says about it. It doesn't matter if it's your spouse, your pastor, your children, whoever it is. When God tells you to do something, you need to do it. Uh, it's not going to be the easiest thing to start out with. But, you know, as long as we follow the Lord, it's going to happen. And Joshua and Caleb said, hey, the Lord promised this to us. Let's go in and take it. So we're going to start in Numbers chapter 14, and we're going to start in verse 36. And the men which Moses sent to search the land, who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. And Moses told these sayings unto the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. So Moses told all the people, he said, you have, uh, you have really messed up this time. You have complained to the Lord. You have murmured against the Lord. You have, uh, wanted to go back to Egypt. You've done all these great things. You have, in other words, you have just doubted everything that God has told you and you don't believe none of it. Now, the Lord has told us, told me to tell you all that you're not going to make it into the promised land. You're not going to make it in. There's, there, you know, there, there's no use even trying. We're going to wander around in the wilderness. Every man from 20 years old, every person from 20 years old and upward is going to die in the wilderness. You're not going to make it into the promised land. And, you know, <laughs> you know how we are. Sometimes when the Lord tells us that we can't do something, 
or, or he don't want us to do something or we can't do something. We're, we are going to do it. You know, even when people tells us that we can't do something, we are going to do it or die trying. And this is about the point that Israel was, was walking into. They was walking into a, to a place to where that they were going to get in trouble. Uh, some of them were going to get killed and they were going to get embarrassed real bad, but they, they done it anyway, all because that the Lord told them that they were going to die in the wilderness and they would not go in to the promised land. Listen, children of God, when the Lord tells you not to do something, do not do it. When the Lord tells you to do something, no matter what it is or, or how uh, off the wall it sounds, do it. God will bless you. But if you do, if you do something that the Lord tells you not to do, you are going to receive a chastisement for it. So the, and verse 40, and they rose up, the children of Israel, early in the morning and got them up into the top of the mountain, saying, Lo, we be here and will go up unto the place which the Lord hath promised, for we have sinned. In other words, they, they went up to the top of the mountain and said, we're here. We're, I mean, we're right here at the door. We're going to go in and we're going to take this place. It, the Lord has promised it, promised it to us. We're going to go in and take it. The Lord told them, done told them, you're not going to make it in. So now then they decided that on their own, they're going to go in and they're going to possess this land by themselves on their own. <laughs> Sound familiar? Yeah. Um, Lord, this, this is just a small problem. You know, it ain't nothing real big. I can take care of this myself. Yeah, uh-huh. And then how long is it before you actually turn it over <clears throat> Turn it over to the Lord? And, and how big does it get before you turn it over to him? And how much more trouble do you get into by doing that when you could just turn it over to the Lord at the first instead of trying to prove that you are somebody and let the Lord handle it? Because without him, we are nobody. I am nothing without the Lord. I cannot do anything without him. There's a song that uh, Brother Jonathan, the uh, pastor's son, sings. I can't even walk without holding his hand. You know, I can't do nothing without holding on to the Lord. I can't do nothing. Because... He is my everything. He's the one that gives me the words to say. He's the one that gives me the thoughts. He's the one that helps me to understand his word. He's the one that does everything for me. But here we are. We be here. Here we are. And we'll go up into this place that the Lord, we're going to go in and we're going to take this land that the Lord has given us. And Moses said, Wherefore now do you transgress the commandment of the Lord. See, when you when the, when the Lord tells you to do something or tells you not to do something and you do it or he tells you not uh, to do something and you don't do it, that's basically a sin because you have transgressed 
the commandment of the Lord because the Lord told you not to do it and you done it or told you to do it and you didn't do it. So, yes, it is it is a sin. We need to ask the Lord to forgive us of it and we need to not do it no more. The next time he tells us not to do something, we need to say, yes, sir, and don't do it. But it shall not prosper. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that ye be not smitten before your enemies. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and ye shall fall by the sword, because ye are turned away from the Lord. Therefore, the Lord will not be with you. Mm. Those things that we do that the Lord tells us not to do, we do those on our own. The Lord is not with us. And you know, the bad thing about that is, is we, the Lord tells us not to do something and we go ahead and do it and we get in trouble and then the Lord has to get us out of trouble and then he ends up chastising us for disobeying him. So we get, we get a, a double chastisement because that we did not listen. We did not obey. Same thing when you, when you doubt, you know, when you doubt the Lord and, and you go ahead and, and say, well, you know, this, <laughs> Lord, this, this is just a simple thing. I can do this myself. You know, it, I don't need you for this. That, and listen, we may not say those words in that way, but that's exactly what we're saying when we go off on our own to do something that the Lord told us not to do. And we get in trouble every time. I mean, just, you know, I have read, I don't know how many times of the times that the children of Israel got in trouble because they doubted and they murmured and they complained and they wanted to go back to Egypt and they wished they was back in Egypt and all this stuff because of unbelief. They did not have, they have forgotten the things that God did for them up to that point of how he fed them, how he gave them water, how he feeds them every morning. They forget about all this stuff. And let me tell you something. Some of the greatest miracles that was ever worked in the children of Israel life as they went across this wilderness for 40 years is not even in the word of God because God supplied their every need. There was no Walmarts. They, was, they were not any um, um, Walgreens. They were not any food cities. There was not any places like this to where they could go or Walmarts and go and get their clothes and their shoes and their food and all this stuff. And they went through the desert for 40 years and their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. And they always had enough to drink. They always had enough to eat. Their tents lasted in this harsh weather of the wilderness for 40 years. And never one time did they have to remake them. Because the Lord supplied their needs. See, it's the little things that we don't think about sometimes. I sit down one time and figured up just exactly how much food and water it would take to feed, uh, I think it was, what was it, uh, 600,000 men, I believe it was. 
the food and water for 600,000 men, not counting the women, children, and the mixed multitude that went with them, was unreal. It was unreal. This is just feeding the men. Now then, we got to add another probably 600,000 women. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's hard to tell how many children was there. And the mixed multitude that went with them, uh, one place I read, it was estimated that there was about a million people that left, that walked out of Egypt. A million people going through the desert, going through the wilderness. God kept them fed, watered, clothed, healthy, everything for 40 years. Now you figure that one out. And they, 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 not one time, uh, well, they grumbled because they didn't have any water. They grumbled and mourned and complained because they didn't have any food. They, they grumbled and complained because they wanted meat, but they never, you know, very few times did I, do I ever hear them thanking God for what that he had given them. You know, that's for, that's for we as children of God, that's where we come up short a lot of times is the simple fact that we don't thank God for what we do have. You know, forget what we don't have. Thank God for what we do have. Uh, that goes back to be content with what you have. You know, be content with what you have. Don't worry about stuff that you basically don't need because all you need is shelter, uh, clothes, food, water. That's basically all you need. And God supplied them every day for 40 years in the wilderness with those things, every day. They had water to drink. They went out and they gathered manna every morning so they had food to eat. It might not have been steak and it might not have been soup, beans, and fried potatoes, but it was food. And they, they it sustained them. It nourished them. They were able to pack up everything and go on a two or three or four day journey. Listen, be, be thankful for what you have. Be thankful for where you are. Have you ever, have you ever done something against the Lord that he has uh, taken away a blessing that he had for you that you knew was there for you and you did something and the Lord took it away from you. It's not, it's, it's not nice. Uh, it's, it's really not nice because, you know, you, you get a, you get a glimpse of it, but yet you don't get the blessing because you just, you give up, you done something that you shouldn't, shouldn't have done. See, the children of Israel, they had a blessing. They were right there at the door, and they, they messed up. They got to murmuring. They got to complaining and everything, and the Lord took it away from them and told them, said, you're not, you're not going in. Uh, you know, you're going to die right here in this wilderness. Wandering around in this wilderness for 40 years, you're going to die right here because of your murmuring, because of your unbelief, because of your doubt, but um, you know, basically unbelief and doubt is the two things that really got them because God promised. I mean, he, he taught these people from the time that they come out of Egypt or maybe even before they came out of Egypt, 
up to this point that he had promised them this land flowing with milk and honey, and all they had to do was go in and possess it. You know, follow me. Follow me. Walk through this door, and there's a blessing in store for you. All you have to do is follow me, walk through this door, and I'll give it to you. And they, they, they couldn't even get that right. So that, yeah, I've, I've messed up a few times myself. I know what it's like and it's, it's, it's not fun. It's not fun. I see. What do you mean? Okay. Verse 44. But they presumed to go up into the hilltop. None of the, nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. All right, as we, I'm going to get ahead of, ahead of a little bit here, but as we go on and um, we go into some of the battles and everything, and they, when they start moving again, the Ark of the Covenant goes out before them. Um, you got you got soldiers, and then you got uh, the Ark of the Covenant and all the furniture that goes inside of the tabernacle. And when they went to battle, the Ark of the Covenant went with them. This was God's promise to them, and they, they took this with them. And as long as the, they had that and, and Moses was there with them, everything was fine. They defeated the people. When they went, when the Lord told them to and thought the way that the Lord told them to. Now, as, as we want to go on and we get into some of the battles, we're going to find out that uh, they fought many battles, but, uh, you know, they didn't say, I they didn't fight all of them the same way. You know, they that Lord had had them fight their battles in different ways just to prove things to them. Sometimes they had to go literally go in with the swords swinging and and uh, take the people that way, and sometimes the Lord just used them to basically stand around and do something to uh, frighten the, uh, the enemy, and the enemy ended up killing themselves. So you know, we we've got to we've got to learn to follow God, and we've got to learn to listen to the Lord, and to find out just exactly what it is that He wants us to do, and how He wants us to do it. You know, it, sometimes it's not so much what He wants us to do, but exactly how does He want me to do this? And you know, we can we can do. All right, say somebody He has got uh, a word that He wants you to give somebody. Sometimes it's, it's just a, a very small, still voice that you speak to with, a very loving, caressing voice. And then sometimes it's a very stern and harsh voice that you have to use. But, you know, this is where we need to follow the Lord. These people were not following the Lord. The Lord, uh, Moses, and the uh, Ark of the Covenant, it was all back in the camp, exactly where it's supposed to be, and they decided that they were going to go off on their own. They can handle this problem. They're going to go in whether the Lord goes with them or not and where Moses or anybody else goes with them. They're going to go in. They're going to take this land. Wrong. Then the Amalekites came down and the Canaanites, which dwelled in the hill, and smote them and discomfited them even unto Hamorah. Now I looked up that word discomfited. Discomfited. To defeat in battle, to frustrate the plans of, to put 
into a state of perplexity and embarrassment. Oh, boy, did they ever. They, they thought that they were going to go out, and they had done made up their plans of how they, they were going to go in, and they were going to take over this land, and uh, the Amalekites and the Canaanites came out against them, and, and they messed up their plans. Uh, uh, they defeated them, and they, uh, they frustrated the plans, and they, they put them into a state of perplexity and embarrassment. In other words, they made them look foolish and frustrate to cause someone to feel angry, discouraged, or upset because of not being able to do something. <laughs> you ever been there? Yeah, I've been there a lot. Been there a lot. Get to the point to where I'm frustrated about um even uh, even now in doing this podcast and everything, I, I get frustrated sometimes because I can't get, I don't feel like I'm getting a thought that's in my head to come out. Or maybe the thought that's in my head is me and, the, and what's coming out is of the Lord. I ain't quite figured it out yet, but uh, it still frustrates me sometimes. Uh, to prevent effort or plans or something like that from succeeding, to keep someone from doing something. So basically we're saying here that the the uh, Amalekites and the Canaanites came down and discomfited uh, Israel, but actually it was the Lord that was keeping them from doing exactly what they said that they were going to do. You know, I'll... Uh, <laughs> There's, uh, no, there's a joke that you, I know, I don't know if all of you have heard it or not, but it says, if you want to, uh, make God laugh, tell him what your plans are. And, you know, that's, that's basically, um, children of Israel told the Lord that they, but with, without you, we're going to go in, we're going to take over. And the Lord showed them just exactly who's in charge. And it ain't me. And it ain't you. Jesus is in charge of my life. And I thank God for that because without him, I, I'd be a mess. I would. I would really be a mess. Perplexity. The state of being very confused because something is difficult to understand. <laughs> How many of us go out on our own and try to do something and it don't turn out just exactly like we think it ought to, and we just cannot figure out why that it is not working the way that we think it ought to. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, I, I, I do things on my own, and knowing that I shouldn't do them, but, you know, there's something that has to be done, and I go and I do it, and it just, I'll make a disaster out of it. That's just all I can say. And I catch myself wondering why. It, it's just a simple little task of something that I've got to do. And, 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 you know, I had everything in planned out, and I know exactly what to do, and I followed my plans. Well, that was my problem. As I followed my plans, I didn't follow the Lord's plans. Because the Lord's plan may not have been just exactly the way I had done it 
thing, or it may have been he had wanted me to do this exactly the way that I'd done it, but the thing is, as I left him out of my plans. So it failed. It failed. I became very confused because it something is difficult to understand. I don't understand why that it didn't work. Something that is confusing and difficult to understand, that is perplexity. Yes, I was perplexed. I've been perplexed. I've been, I've been frustrated. I've, I've been discomfited several times by Satan, all because I left Jesus out of the picture when I started doing something. I figured, well, I can take care of this myself, so I'm going to go do this, and everything's going to be fine. Wrong. Verse 15. I'm sorry, chapter. We're going to, uh, we get into uh, chapter 15. We get into the offerings and everything again. The Lord is coming back and reiterating after all this is happening. You know, if you notice every time that, or about every time that something major like this happens, the Lord will bring them back and, and reiterate about the uh, the different types of offerings and sacrifices and things that they have to make, and uh, to keep the keep them in, this fresh in their mind. You know, we uh, even the children of Israel and we as children of God, we have to be constantly reminded of of things. You know, they they kept forgetting what God had done for them in the past. Uh, you know, it's like we've got blinders on and all we can see is what's in front of us and we forget, every, we burn our bridges and we cross over them and we forget about everything and and then we wonder why that we can't learn nothing. Uh, you know, everything that we have learned, we have forgotten. You know, we have forgotten the, the last time that the Lord worked uh, a, a great miracle in our finances. We have forgotten how that the Lord worked uh, a, a great miracle in our home life. Uh, we have forgotten what it took for us to submit to God so that he could do those miracles in our life. We forget those things. We, we, we remember that we, we had hard times and we remember that, you know, that uh, everything turned out okay, but we forget the parts in the middle of how that we submitted ourselves to the Lord and the Lord took care of everything. You know, that's, that's, that's what it is, is submitting ourselves and submitting your problems to the Lord, leaving them alone, walking away from them and forgetting about them and let him take care of them. And we can't work as it. I mean, as we're looking here at the children of Israel, we can't fix our problems. They tried to fix their problems and ended up in, in really bad shape. Some of them even, uh, probably even died that day. And they all looked very foolish and uh, because they thought that they could do this on their own. They didn't need the Lord. And you know, there's so many people out there today that are living in sin that they, they don't need the Lord. Let me tell you something. Everybody, Everybody in this world needs the Lord. Everybody. He is, he can fix all of our problems. He can take care of every need that we have. 
anything in our life that comes up, whether it be uh, financial, uh, sickness, uh, something going on in your family, your home, uh, your finances, whatever it is, he can take care of all things. It may not be the way that we want them to be worked out, but he knows best in the long run. See, a lot of times when we, if we go have a problem, say a financial problem, we say, all right, I know I can fix this. And we go out and we uh, take up uh, some extra work or something like that to uh, take care of this financial problem that we've got at the time, and it gets fixed. That's, that's great. That's fine. But if we had to follow the Lord, the Lord might not only have fixed that problem that we have right then, but he would have fixed problems that we'd had down the road that we don't know yet that's coming yet. And he would have been there to help us through those problems ahead of time. See, we, we've got to be very careful what we, we try to do ourselves because we, we will mess up more than, uh, the old saying is we can mess up more than 10 people can fix in a year. So, you know, be very careful because the Lord has got everything under control. He's got a plan and he's got a, um, he's got a plan and he's got everything worked out in our lives. All we have to do is follow the Lord, do the work that he has for us and leave everything else to him. He will take care of everything else. So we're going to skip verse 15, and please, please, please go back and read uh, verse 15 about all the different, uh, the reminder of all the different sacrifices and things that the Lord wants them to do once they get into the promised land. And we're going to go into 16, and now then we're going to, we're going to have another uprising. Uh, we've got over that one, and everything's calmed down, and uh, the old saying is, here we go again. Now, Korah the son of Izar, the son of Koath, the son of Levi, and Dossam, and Abram, the son of Elib, and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congreg congregation of the Lord. <laughs> Here we go. Somebody don't like what's going on. They, they ain't getting enough fame. They ain't getting enough recognition. So they, they devise a plan. But you know, the thing about it is, is most time those people, just like these, uh, these here, uh, they, they can't do it by themselves. So they go out and they get people, uh, with, that are well known and high ranking and, and all this. And they get those people fired up and following them. And then they go to the pastors and, the, and the, the preachers and the boards or whatever. And, and they start complaining about, you know, uh, what the things that are going on and, and they think they ought to be run differently. 
But, you know, <laughs> there again, the Lord has a plan, and his plan right now is Moses is leading the people. He has the judges set in place that are taking care of all the lesser problems and all the hard ones comes to Moses. This is all being taken care of. The government, the structure, the structure of the government is all set in place. You've got your priests there to take care of all the the uh, things that the priest takes care of, the tabernacle and everything in it, and the Levites that are camped camped around it to take care of it and to move it and and all those things. God has got everything set in plan. He had this set in plan before they ever came out of the wilderness of Sinai. When they built the tabernacle and, and they got the tabernacle reared up and set up and everything was where it was supposed to be, the way it was supposed to be, the Lord then set the government in, well, actually, uh, the, uh, yeah, he set the, set the government in, in place and he said, this is the way that it's going to be. And when, then they had the trumpets made. So when the trumpets sound, uh, the people know to do different things. All because the Lord said, this is the way it's going to be done. And listen, this, it may, <clears throat> you may go back and you may read this and you say, well, you know, if they'd have done it this way or this way, it would have been better. But would it at that time and in that place? You know, it, it's, Things are a lot different back then than they are now. And, you know, if you take, um, say, a million people and you scatter them out over the Sinai Peninsula and you've got all their tents and all their belongings and everything up, there's a huge area. I think I figured it up one time and it was something like seven square miles that they covered. So getting, getting everybody together took a lot of time. So the Lord had them to make trumpets and they blow the trumpets and ever how the trumpets sounded was the people knew what they were supposed to do. And these, and these people, these, uh, Korah and, uh, and, uh, Dawson and, uh, Abram, Abiram, they all decided that they they needed a little bit of the spotlight too. They needed to go to Moses and tell Moses that he needed some help. He he didn't need to do this all on his own. So they're they're going to step in and they're going to help Moses. And they gathered himself together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, "Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them." Well, well, wait a minute. Let me stop right there. Um. I don't know what their definition of holy is. I know, I don't know what your definition of holy is, but I don't see somebody that is holy going in and make, um, telling uh, the pastor, unless unless that, it, that he is doing something that he's not supposed to, I don't see somebody going in and telling the pastor that, you know, you're doing, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. I, I'm going, I'm going to step in. I'm going to help you. No, you know, and that, that's part of the board, uh, and the, um, uh, I forgot what they're called now. Anyway, the board members and, uh, the other people in the church, uh, they, this is their, their duty to take care of these things and to, 
uh, take some of the uh, the problems off the pastor and take care of the money and, and things like that and keep the pastors in check also as well as the congregation. And But they, you know, they were telling him, you know, you take too much on you and they're holy. Uh, and, you know, holy, you know, when you're holy, you're going to be following the Lord and you're going to be, uh, his, your life is going to be in his hands and he's going to be leading God in your life and telling you just exactly what you need to do. And you're not going, you're not going to go get a bunch of men and get an uprising started just because that you don't like something that's going on in, in the church or in the congregation or in your community or whatever. You're going to go to the, you're going, first of all, you need to go to the Lord and you need to have a, a talk uh, with the Lord and you need to find out if you're right or not. And if you're not, drop it, forget it, and go on. If you are, then you, if you are right and something is going on, then you need to ask the Lord, what do I need to do? How do I proceed from here? You know, a lot of us, when we see something going on in the church, we want to go off half-cocked and and uh, take care of it ourselves, and we end up doing a whole lot worse than we do good. So, you know, don't be in a rush to do anything. Always wait upon the Lord and let the Lord tell you, this is what you need to do. And then you go, you proceed from there and you follow the Lord from there and, and everything will turn out just exactly the way that it's supposed to. But, you know, these men have took it upon themselves to, to go in and to, uh, challenge Aaron and Moses's position in the children of Israel. And they, they are not doing this on, uh, because the Lord warned them to it to do it. They're doing it because they want to. And Moses heard it. He fell upon his face and he spake unto Korah and unto all his company saying, even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy and will cause him to come near unto him. Even him whom he has chosen will he cause to come near unto him? I said, Moses said, fine. The Lord will, he will let us know exactly who is holy and we will know exactly who's in charge. And the Lord's going to tell us, I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to tell you. You're not going to tell me. The Lord is going to tell us exactly who's in charge. This is what the Lord wants you to do. This do. Take ye censers, Korah, and all his company, and put fire therein, and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. Ye take too much upon you, ye sons of Levi. And Moses said unto Korah, Hear, I pray ye, ye sons of Levi. 
Seemeth it but a small thing unto you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. <laughs> hey, let me tell you what. It's, I'm, I may be strange. You may think me strange. That's fine. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things in this world that we can do to where we can have power and prestige and people can look upon us and, and uh, you know, want to be like us and all that. But I would change all, I would change every bit of that. I would give every bit of that and everything I have away if I could be like Moses or if I could be like the Levites. That's all I have to do is to be in charge of the of the tabernacle and and ministering to the congregation and to and to study and to learn about the Lord firsthand. That's all I have to do. I'll take that life in a minute. I'll take that life. So where all I have to do all the time is just just minister unto people and minister into the to the church house of the tabernacle and to and to be able to spend a lot of time in God's word studying it and learning of him. I'll take that in a minute because that's my my one desire. It's those people that God has pulled out of all these children of Israel, they have pulled out these families and they have put them right around the tabernacle where that he is, is at and has given them charge over the whole congregation and over the tabernacle itself. What a life to be. They don't have to work at nothing except for bearing the, the furniture and all the things to do with the tabernacle. That's all they have to do and minister into the people. Make sure everything's right. That's all they have to do. Wouldn't that be a life to live? Wouldn't that be a life to live? Listen, I run out of time. We're going to pick it up here the next time. But I listen. I, I thank you all for, for tuning in, for listening. I really appreciate it. And I hope that God just blesses you in, in, a, in, a, in a marvelous way. And if you get a chance, drop me a line. At eagles37659 at gmail.com. Drop me a line. Let me know exactly what you think about this, the podcast. And I appreciate you. Until next time, God bless you.